what would you say if I said that I could bring them back? I guess I'd say I never thought of that. Well, all right, hold tight. You might want to stand back because one small John is coming intact. St. John forward, spitting out some more words, fully intact. Jacked, ready to rap and attack. Small John on your lawn, living like a gnome. Hit you with my lyrics like a bullet to your dome. Tonight when he comes up here, he's either going to kill or he's going to suck. But there's no in-between for Mr. John Forward. Welcome to St. John Forward Radio. Happy holidays, all of that, etc. My name is John Forward. This show is live every Monday night from 9 till 10 o'clock Atlantic time. Recorded here at uh, the local 107.3 FM studios at UMBSJ. If you're just listening to it, you could be looking at my beautiful face on uh youtube or facebook look for john forward comedy uh not so much a uh comedy show i guess i have i might have my moments but uh if you want to hear a comedic version of a john forward podcast you can listen to uh four story walk up with uh with brian godso and rf hussein and i we record that one from uh from the uh, beautiful uh, four-story walk-up studios at my place of sleeping. Um, that one's too hot for uh, for campus radio. So that one, uh, four-story walk-up. I don't promote it as much as I should. It's a good show. Um, that can be found. There's also, uh, I think I stream that one on Facebook on my own John Forward Comedy account. Um, but, uh, best way to find that is Four Story Walk Up itself has a Facebook and a YouTube and a Podbean. So check all that stuff out. But, uh, for now, it's, uh, it's boring old John Forward, local comedian slash, uh, pontificator of, things that he's semi-informed about um i've got some uh some comedy coming up <clears throat> not a whole lot my uh my final show of the year probably unless something comes up this thursday december 22nd showtime is starting at 8 p.m on the dot at mcgill's no jokes barred Final show of 2022. Next month, it will be back on Saturdays uh, for at least a few months. We've got hosted by John Forward. I hear he's uh, he's pretty solid. Um, featuring Josh Flux, Kyve Lucas, Richard Carroll doing his first set ever. Martin Bowmaster doing his first set ever, as far as I know. Hopefully they aren't cheating on me with somebody else. Uh, Shane Ogden, the mayor of comedy. And uh, Taylor Lakeport, John Scove Nielsen, maybe maybe special other guests. If you're a comedian and you want to come, there might be. I mean, I'm not going to offer the spot out. I'm not a big fan of uh, having too many people on the show, and that because I had eight, I usually aim for seven, but two of them are doing their first sets, so I'm hoping they're a little bit shorter. Um, not a big fan of uh, having more than too much and then somebody dropping out and then frantically trying to reschedule it. Um, we'll stick with the current seven, but uh, if time is going well, 
then uh, some lucky comedian in the audience might get to come on and do uh, an unadvertised guest spot. Or, if we need to fill time, I'm happy to fill that role. So, anyway, that's uh, that's coming up this Thursday. I mentioned it uh, last week. I have no further details, but uh, I, uh, I did an interview on uh, tuning in with Mandy Lynn's Christmas special that uh, I believe will be airing on Wednesday the 21st. On Rogers Cable, at least. Hopefully, somehow online. And uh, either way, I will rip the video and take out my own clip and probably put that out. Unless Rogers comes after me for, uh, you know, copyright issues or, or some... Maybe Mandy Lane will come after me. Who knows? Um, so you can you can check that out. Um, I am going to be uh, taking uh, two weeks off from the show. I'll also be off for two weeks uh, from uh, from work. So looking forward to that. I haven't had... Um, I mean, uh, May and I, uh, we, we went on vacation in, uh, in October down to Orlando. Um, but that wasn't, um, that was technically a vacation, but it was very busy. So I, I don't remember, um, I don't know when I took, uh, I think I might've taken, I don't know what week I had off. Um, why do I have black phone written on, uh. It's 7.50 on Thursday, July 27th, or July 7th. I I may have watched The Black Phone, but I didn't see it in the theaters, so that's a mystery. That's a calendar mystery. So I think I took a week off sometime in the summer, probably around Canada Day, maybe. Yeah, I think I think the week leading up to uh, to Canada Day I had off. So haven't haven't had um, a full week off uh, of actually not doing anything since the summer. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't remember. It's been it's been at least ten years since I've I've had two full weeks off at Christmas. I mean, I I did. I mean, I don't need two full weeks off, but I'll take it. It's just there's there's no work available for those two weeks, and that's fine. Um, and we'll 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 come back to the work situation. Actually, no. Let's let's jump right into. Uh, nah, yeah, okay. Let's do this. Um, I, I have a clip of a clip of a clip of a clip. Not really. It's just a clip of a clip. No, it's just one clip. One clip. Um, so as, as I've discussed vaguely, um, I, uh, I left, I left the job that I was at for five years, um, and, uh, started doing another one. Um, it was a little over a month ago. I think my first day at the new job was, uh, was November 10th. And, uh, th- this past weekend, again, no regrets. There's good days. There's less good days, but, um, it was all bad days at the previous place, so um, there's there's some changes up. I'm only vaguely aware of at the previous job. You know, I get I get a few tidbits here and there just out of uh, of curiosity. Still pretty confident that I've made the correct decision. Um, got my first full paycheck. Um, it was lighter than it was at the previous job, but uh, not not as light as that I, I thought it would be. So. 
it's um it's definitely been a huge weight off my shoulders and on my stress levels it's been an excellent choice for my mental health um i knew i'd be taking a bit of a financial hit and um it's not as bad as i thought it would be but yeah we'll see in the short term but um this past weekend i was i listened to um an episode of the lex friedman podcast which um i uh i enjoy sometimes i don't i'm not um i might listen to four or five of them per year it's um the format i think is pretty similar to rogan but lex friedman is uh not 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 exactly Rogan. He's uh, he's he's kind of a, a nerd guy. He's uh, he's an AI. Does, I don't know what the, what the word is for anyway. He runs a podcast. He's uh, and uh, he just ha- he has these long conversations. So I typically tune in when when somebody on that uh, I think will be interesting. Um, he recently had uh, Kanye West on and. It, I, th- I think it went pretty well. He did the appropriate amount of pushing back on uh, on some of Kanye's um, not so great opinions on things, but not in like a, a finger wagging kind of freaking out way. It would just seem to be a conversation, and he was I don't know. I I find uh, Lex uh, delightful. Um, again, the. Uh, if if there's somebody else that he's talking to that I'm interested in, but anyway, I recommend that Kanye video. It was it was before he kind of this was this was pre uh, Alex Jones, so it wasn't it wasn't quite as wild as all that. But uh, I thought I thought it was good and it was interesting that um, that he was pushing back on Kanye and Kanye didn't get too butthurt about it. There was some pushback to the pushback. But anyway, um, this past weekend, um, he had on, uh, I'll definitely, every time that, uh, that Michael Malice goes on the, uh, Lex Friedman show, I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. Michael Malice is one of my, uh, my favorite internet people. He's, uh, he's an anarchist. Uh, he has a podcast called You're Welcome that I typically, I usually listen to that show every week. Sometimes there's somebody on, and I, if, if I'm not into it after the first 15 minutes, I'll uh, I'll turn it off. If if it's something I'm not interested into, or if it's too kind of specific on a particular topic that I'm not interested in. Um, but uh, he's an anarchist. He uh, he put out a collection of essays of uh, all the different uh, flavors of uh, anarchy over. The past uh, couple of centuries, called the Anarchist Handbook, that um, that I enjoyed. Um, he uh, he wrote a book. He wrote a book called The New Right, which is about kind of the alt righty kind of stuff. But um, I thought that book was really good. He um, he wrote a book uh, about North Korea. It's called Dear Reader. It's it's kind of a fake autobiography of Kim Jong Un or Kim Jong Il. Kim Jong Il, I think. Um, that one I was uh, didn't really grab me. I read about half of it, I think, and kind of put it down because it wasn't really doing it for me. That, that's one I might come back to. But uh, he just put out a book called the uh, the Red Pill. Um, I don't know a whole lot about it. I know he's been he's been talking about that. He's been writing on it. As far as I knew, it was just the idea of. Um, 
of the white pill. I guess it's a subset of a red pill. It's, it's the counterpart. The black pill is kind of everything screwed up and it's always going to be bad. That's kind of the nihilist approach. Um, the white pill version of that is more hopeful. It's not, it's not naive, I think, but I think the way that he would explain it is that, uh, that the white pill is, is just knowing that the, the good in the world might win out over the bad, however you want to define that. It's not a certainty. Um, but, uh, my understanding was that the book was just a collection of, uh, of historical events, um, that, uh, you know, I'm not a huge history, history buff, but, um, I don't know my boy Malice. I might like his version of it. Uh, my understanding was he was going to talk about some like terrible things that have happened and how we've overcome some of those things. Um, I get the feeling from this Lex Friedman interview that it's, primarily about like communism and uh, the fall of the Soviet Union. I'm not sure that that was a lot of this conversation and you know I, I don't know a whole lot about that topic so um, that conversation was uh, was pretty good and I've already bought um, my copy of the white pill. It should arrive sometime in early January. Amazon's really dropped off. I used to, when I first got Amazon Prime, I'd order something and it would literally arrive the next day. And then it became two days and now it's eh, sometime in the next couple of weeks is the best we can do. Um, but uh, I'm going to play this uh, short short clip um, of uh, that really spoke to me. Uh, I'm leaving a little bit of the preamble at the beginning for... Uh, for context, but there's a there's a part um, near near the end of where I'm going to cut it off um, that kind of resonated with me uh, as far as my work situation goes. So um, let's let's take a brief uh, journey into oh the void until I switch tabs. But um, well, let's let's hear. So this is coming up in the context of uh, of communism and how it was kind of uh, a situation where. You kind of became the enemy of the state if you even talked about or acknowledged that uh, that anything was going wrong. Um, and you also write the problem with communism is that eventually you run out of possible scapegoat scapegoats scapegoats. You run out of boats. <laughs> you do run out of boats. <laughs> Who's going to carry them? Uh, eventually, you run out of possible scapegoats. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's my second language. This the English thing. Ah, I'm a failed podcaster. I'm a failure. Uh, eventually, you run out of possible scapegoats for failure. At which point, acknowledging or even noticing that something was wrong itself becomes a form of treason. Yeah. So I saw that in North Korea. Right, wherever you went in North Korea, something was wrong. So if you have four buttons for the elevator, one would be mismatched. Every wall had a crack. Every floor had a stain. Uh, the bathroom would be rusted through when you want to flush the urinal. But if you are someone who points this out, you're a troublemaker, and you're oh you're criti- oh you're saying something's wrong. You're criticizing the the operation. You're, crit- you're first of all you're you're threatening the person who's in charge because now they're incompetent, and now that's a big red flag for them. But second, if you're just going around saying this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, even if it's objectively true, 
you're a troublemaker and you're a counter-revolutionary. So at a certain point, everyone just has to put on blinders and pretend that everything is fine. One example I use in the book, an extreme example, was there was a photography professor and he pointed out to his class, and he was an older man, that before the revolution, the quality of photographic paper was better. And he was, I think, executed uh, for this heresy. So, yeah, you have to pretend there was, I just, I'm reading a book right now about the Chinese um, uh, cultural revolution. And there was an academic, uh, I, f- I forget his name, Hu Shi, I think. And he points out that in these countries, not only do you not have freedom of speech, you don't have freedom of silence. You can't just sit there quietly. You have to say how great things are and how much you're enjoying and how wonderful they are uh, instead of just keeping quiet. Because if you keep quiet, that's suspicious. Yeah, those... um... They're always singing those songs about how happy they are and how great everything is. And if everyone else is singing, who are you to not sing? Yeah, those uh, pictures, especially when, uh, you know, when it's Stalin giving speeches and everyone's applauding. Any any dictator, and you do you you don't want to be the the first person that stops applauding. Stalin had to have a button, is my understanding, at a certain point to tell people to stop applauding because they're like you said, if you're the first one to stop clapping, people are going to notice. And why'd you stop clapping? You don't like Stalin? But just imagine being one of those people clapping. But th- th- that's the thing they they always had a sword over their head, and they had, but they all had a lot of blood on their hands too. It's 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 a it's a very very precarious life. But there's also, I mean, 1984 does a good job of this. Um, what is that like? Two minutes of hate or something yes. like this. You like lose yourself in the in the in the in the, in the hysteria of it. In the hysteria. So there's some level of which, at first, it's uh, you're sacrificing your basic individualistic ability to think, but then you get lost in this kind of wave of emotion, and you give into it. You allow yourself. It's like a mix of fear. And then anger, and then you direct that anger to- towards uh, like Snowball or Trotsky or whoever the, and like, I don't, what is that? I, you're also losing yourself in the crowd. Yeah, you're right? losing. Because you're it, like, it's not just I'm angry. Everyone I know, we're all angry together. So you really are becoming a part of something bigger than yourself and having this kind of communal, very primal emotional experience. It's like the opposite of Thanksgiving, of Christmas, right? Christmas, we're all together everyone's sharing their joy, everyone's sharing their love. This is the opposite, literally the opposite. Like everyone's together sharing their hate and anger and rage, but you're all kind of having a mind meld. But I wonder what it's like to be an independent thinker in those, in those moments. Like allow yourself to think. Well, we, we know because there were a lot of them and they were all punished enormously. So they can be noticed. You can notice them. Oh, yeah. You even notice it in America. America's a free country, but when, when people start asking too many questions, it's like, where, where are you going with this? You know, yeah. like if, if you're in an office, even in a, in a corporate setting, uh, you're, you're a troublemaker. You're just, you know, you're making problems for everyone. Why can't you be normal? Why can't you be just like everybody else? So people do not like having to be made to think, and they certainly despise having to be made to justify themselves. Um, because that's a threat to their status and to their power. And this applies in totalitarianism or p- applies to, you know, Dunder Mifflin. So anyway, that part, uh, that part spoke to me with the, uh, you know, how things, um, I mean, I'm not saying that my previous job was as bad as uh, being in some of these uh, 
crazy authoritarian regimes throughout history, but uh, that's that's definitely something that I that I felt very strongly. I did I do kind of feel like I'm a bit of a troublemaker at work in that way, where I will point out the things that are wrong, and I'm not um, I'm not great at uh, just cheerleading the nonsense um in such a way so nobody's ever come right out and be like why can't you be normal but uh the the part about how the people in charge despise um having to uh to justify their decisions really spoke to me because there was definitely um times towards the uh the tail end of it where uh where, where there'd be something messed up usually it's something that it was going to be a giant pain in uh, in my bottom um, at work, and was also didn't even make any sense for the company. And I mean, there was I think early in the year I may have talked about it on the show. I got my first raise ever after four years, and uh, I think there was a couple of maybe I don't know couple of days a couple of weeks a couple of months where maybe that was like oh, okay all right yeah this this still kind of sucks but uh i i think i i think i can endure i'll just you know what i'll just path of least resistance i'll just keep my head down i'm not gonna make any fuss but i don't know i don't, I don't know if um if that open the door to more nonsense or if that was the way things were going to go anyway but i'm just i'm not good at uh saying how high when i'm told to jump especially if there's a ceiling with spikes on it right above my head um so it got to a point where it was instead of hey this is what we're thinking of doing. What do you think? And then making a decision. It was very kind of unilateral, top down, one size fits all for the whole country. Just this is what's happening. And it put me in a position where I was like, wait, 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 whoa, 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 which is way, yeah, it's a way worse position to be in to try to stop the thing as it's being rolled out than to be involved in, in the process at all. Um, and uh, obviously they didn't want me involved in the process because a lot of this nonsense wouldn't have happened. Um, but it got to a point where dumb thing was imposed on me and then I'll take a deep dive into it. I'll run some numbers. I'll look at the financial business of it and say, A, this is a terrible idea. We're losing money for the company and B, big pain for me and everybody else involved so why are we doing this exactly and it got to a point where i would say where they would if they gave any reason at all it would be a flimsy one that i could be like yeah okay well but if we look at da, 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 but see how that's why this uh this thing that we're doing doesn't even meet the uh the, you know the requirements of this uh reasoning that you're giving me and then they just it at a certain point, it just became because I said so. And, I mean, I don't know. I'd be more com I'd be more comfortable. I'd probably still be annoying. Um, but I think I'd be more comfortable with because I said so. If the person saying so um, had good ideas ever. So, anyway, that really spoke to me. I'm a counter-revolutionary. Um, let's, uh, I've been rambling for 20, 
something minutes now. Let's uh, let's see what's on the old Spotify playlist. What do we got? The OCs. Social, social butt. Welcome back to St. John Forward Radio. That was the OCs with Social Butt off of uh, their album A Foul Form. Um, surprised that one made it into the playlist. That's uh, Frankly, it's a little bit too heavy for uh, for what you guys can handle. I don't know what anybody wants. Um, I, my, uh, my musical taste runs... Uh, a bit heavier than i mean i obviously i like every song that i play on this show unless it's been chosen by a guest sometimes i don't like those um but uh 
Yeah, I, I like uh, heavier stuff, but uh, I don't know. I uh, thank you, dear wife, May Social Bud. That's it is how it's spelled too. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel uh, like uh, playing some uh, some death metal on here is going to scare away more people, but I don't know. I'm guessing uh, the same people that um, wouldn't enjoy that probably don't like any of the other stuff that I play either, so maybe I should just, uh, I don't know, live my life. Um but let's uh let's uh it's almost nine thirty, so let's uh let's tell people that it's um local one oh seven point three FM that you're listening to. Uh Monday nights from nine till ten o'clock. The next two weeks I'm gonna I'm gonna take off so I can enjoy my uh my time off. So uh and uh let's throw in another plug, no jokes bard, this Thursday the twenty second at McGill's Showtime, 8 p.m. Um, the last few shows that I put on for No Jokes Bard, we have had more people than seats. And uh, some people uh, came to watch the show and were um, disappointingly turned away because there was nowhere to put them. Um, so uh, come early. Get some get some seats. Um, if uh, Hopefully there isn't. You know, the the biggest bummer for me running those shows is when it's packed out like that, and there is one table of people who's clearly not there for the show, was given at least a half hour notice that a show was about to happen, and they stay, which is, I mean, that's that's not a problem if they want to check it out, but uh, sometimes people stay just long enough for several people to come and leave because there's no seats and then they decide yep i hate this and then they and then they leave so anyway don't be one of those people um obviously uh my target demo for this show is probably not people who are going to be accidentally at mcgill's during no jokes barred so anyway if uh if you're having a social interaction and uh somebody is like hey you know what I'm thinking of going to McGill's to eat supper at 7.30 p.m. on uh, Thursday, December 22nd. You might want to chime in and say, hey, there's a comedy show. It's the greatest comedy show on earth, but you're not a fun person, so you won't like it. So maybe you could go to a different place. Or you can sit on the floor if too many people show up. All of those are valid options. And uh, then my uh, my interview on uh, Mandolin's show in a couple of days. I'll, uh, I'll post that up whenever I get some more info. You can check that out. But um, doing uh, let's 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 do a little bit of a callback. I uh, I did a show, um, this show, St. John Forward Radio, it was a few weeks ago. Was, I think I did. I looked it up, but I did not write down the date. I think it was November twenty eighth. Maybe was that a Monday? Uh, November twenty eighth. Maybe um, did a uh, did. Pierre Polyev, the the new conservative leader, put out a, a dorky YouTube video called uh, "Everything Feels Broken," um, where uh, where he was, you know, I think his primary concern was the uh, the tent villages, which I am also concerned about. I don't really know what the solution is. I'm gonna guess that 
the government solution is not going to be a good one. Um, I don't have any better ideas, though, so I'll leave that to uh, people that are experts in that field. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, drug problems, and I don't know. I, I normally, I mean, I don't like any politician. I just assume by default that they're all uh, lizard people. Um, and, uh, but I don't know. I, I prefer the flavor of Pierre Polyev's lies to, uh, to the other lies that are happening. So I don't know. Uh, undecided when, uh, if I'm going to make the futile gesture of, uh, of voting for the conservative party, which I've never done, but seems like the least bad option at this point that but and usually um pierre polyev uh most of the stuff that i see i'm mostly I, again i i don't trust the motives or the follow-through um but usually i'm on board with most of it that video was probably the worst thing that i've seen that he's done just because it, re it really harkens back to kind of a 90s 80s, 80s, 90s kind of American Republican hard on drugs. So we need to crack down on these. Yeah. And, and being against like safe injection sites. I mean, I haven't done a lot of research, but um, that's, I'm, I'm going to wager that might not be the, the way to go about this thing i don't know i don't know what it is <clears throat> so anyway the but the he was he was tapping into a sentiment that i think a lot of people have that just especially over the last couple of years i think most people understand that things aren't going great in this country and in many countries around the world um there's all kinds of big problems that uh i i mean i've got some ideas about some of them basically if the government did less then there'd be better results is my is my guiding assumption um but you know there's a housing crisis there's people they're having a hard time finding a place to live and we don't have enough buildings um there is a drug problem there is the homeless problem um inflation and all of all of all of this all of this stuff is happening and i i i don't think it's incorrect to say that things feel broken um so anyway i saw let's go into the vortex for a moment here oh wait hold on there it is uh, I saw this. Uh, I saw this video come up on uh, on my algorithms. Um, CTV news, quote unquote. Um, this there's this video and there's a whole article that I don't know. I don't know how much, how many words you need to write about a one minute long clip. But the the headline, if you're not seeing the video, is uh, Canada is not broken. Trudeau goes hard at Polyev in speech to the liberals. So, goes hard. Spoiler alert is a bit of an exaggeration. So, um, so just just seeing just seeing the headline, and you know he's he's got his serious look on and his stupid plaid tie. Um, 
I mean, there are strong arguments against the uh, it's broken thing. There's a lot of dumb nonsense in that video. So if if I were Justin Trudeau and um, I wanted to go hard at Polyev, I would go through and pick apart his arguments and be like, hey, you know what? This thing that you're saying is stupid. Or don't even put it on his terms. If if your if your argument is Canada is not broken, then here are a list of things that we're doing great on, and here is why everybody should be hopeful for the future. That's what I would expect a response uh, of Trudeau going hard with the Canada's not broken message. Um, let's see what actually happened. So th- this is a speech that he gave to, where is it? Um, I, I, this was at like a liberal party Christmas party or something. So everybody in the audience is fully drinking the Kool-Aid or just going, going with the flow. Um, so he's, he's speaking to a very friendly audience. This isn't just kind of a general town hall speech. Mr. Polyev might choose to undermine our democracy by amplifying conspiracy theories. He might decide to run away from journalists when they ask him tough questions. That's how he brands himself. That's his choice. But when he says that Canada is broken, that's where we draw the line. This is Canada. Better is always possible, but I don't accept Canadians and politicians that talk down our country. Let me be very clear. But let me be very clear for the record. Canada is not broken. So, um... There's 22 minutes of something. What's that video? Ugh. Context. We don't need that here on this show. Um, so, so what I was thinking would happen is here's why Canada's not broken. Um, what we got was uh, basically nah, which I mean that's um, that's one way to go about it. He doesn't make one argument against it other than just ugh. Uh, so, so first off, I genuinely in this, I assume there's maybe something that I'm not aware of. What what are the conspiracy theories that Pierre Polyev is is pushing exactly? I am not sure. I'm, I mean. It, uh, Whatever it is. I mean, I, I don't fall. I, I see what stuff the algorithms choose to show me. So, um, I don't, I don't know what kind of, um, conspiracy theories he, he throws out. Um, I mean, they always hit him. He said something good about cryptocurrency being a hedge against inflation before cryptocurrency took a massive dive. I, I lost some money. Um, 
so sure. Anybody that took that advice, hey, inflation's coming, buy up some crypto, get in while the getting's good. At least in the short term, that has not been good advice. Uh, maybe it will turn around. I, I mean, I don't understand cryptocurrency enough to speak intelligently on it. I, I sort of base vaguely understand the concept of it. I think there is potential there for something good. I don't think we're there yet. It's we're we're still in. Anyway, I, I I put some money into some Bitcoin and some Ethereum, and it has uh, it has tanked pretty bad. I think I lo- I mean I didn't put my life savings into it or anything. I, I think I lost about half of the money that I put into it. Um, this was bonus money that I probably shouldn't have had. FYI. Um, so this was anyway. So yeah, for sure. That's, that's something maybe in the long term, I'm just going to hang on to it. Maybe it'll go back up again and I'll, I'll cash out while the, while the getting's good. So I guess hitting, hitting them for the crypto suggestion, I don't know if that really resonates with anybody. Uh, seems seems like a talking point they just came up with. I, I really want to know what asking Justin Trudeau himself or some sort of liberal supporter or an NDP person, what conspiracy theories is, is Pierre Polyev? Uh, I guess this is a Google search away. Uh, conspiracy theory. Pierre Polyevra. I always forget how many L's are in. Uh, um, oh, okay, I guess uh, talking about um, the World Economic Forum. I guess that that is a that is a conspiracy theory. Um, so here, or well, hang on, let's bring up the uh, the results here. Uh, so I just Googled, uh, Pierre Polyev conspiracy theories. So why Pierre Polyev and some other conservative leadership candidates are flirting with a world economic forum conspiracy theory linked to the freedom convoy. So this is a Toronto star article. Um, so yeah, definitely the world economic forum. That's, I mean, to what level you want to go down that rabbit hole? I haven't gone too deep in, but uh, there's something weird going on, and Justin Trudeau is definitely one of the uh, the shining princes out of that. I don't think that Klaus Schwab is, you know, calling up Justin Trudeau and being like, "Hey, you need to ban all the guns." I don't think that I don't think that's happening, and I don't think anybody serious is saying that. But the World Economic Forum, it's basically, it seems like kind of a sociology or not sociology scientology thing for politicians where they all go to this conference and they give speeches and uh the speeches are i mean the stuff that i mean this isn't an organization that has any direct power i don't think but they seem to have influence so it seems to be something and there is a list of of politicians including trudeau who go to this thing and 
you know, they listen to these people talk and they're, they're dumb ideas. And then some of these people come back to their own countries and they implement some of these bad ideas that they heard at this, uh, these silly meetings that they have. So anyway, and so making, connecting the dots between the world economic forum is for this policy. Justin Trudeau is a member of the world economic forum to, connect those two dots that Justin Trudeau maybe plans on implementing policies that take us in the direction of some of these things at the World Economic Forum. That's, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's unreasonable, but I guess that would literally be a conspiracy theory. So I'll give you that one, Mr. Trudeau. Um, Throwing in the dig there about him running away from journalists Again, that's that's painted in a certain way. And there is something to be said for that. Um, I am of the opinion that most of these journalists that he's running away from are basically state propagandists. And uh, there's really... He doesn't have anything to gain from talking to them. But no matter how bad and corrupt the media is... Avoiding talking to them altogether if you're a politician, it, I mean, it doesn't really quite work that way. He, he should, and he seems to be a good enough of a public speaker that he should be able to contend with these, um, these very mediocre people that want to interview him. Um, he should be able to answer their dumb questions. Uh, whatever he says is going to get twisted and taken out of context. But I mean, if you know that's the situation, do your best to work your way around it. And I don't know, avoiding talking to them seems like a bad idea just for the optics of it. And that it gives, uh, it gives prime minister blackface, uh, a dig that he can throw out all the time. Um, but, uh, as far as the, uh, the broken thing, um, he doesn't really have any, Trudeau doesn't really have anything, at all to say about this that's interesting at all or is making any kind of an argument his argument literally is this is canada as like okay that maybe that that's a start that's a good thing to say in a commercial or at a rally or in a room full of sycophants but uh I mean, I don't think Polyev is making a good argument necessarily in his video. He is saying things seem broken. And I I mean, I don't know how good of a strategy this is um, to get votes in a, whenever an election happens. I will note that he does say it seems broken or that it feels broken. He's not saying that it is, which, I mean, this is all political rhetoric anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, it does. It does feel like things. There's something wrong, and we don't. We don't all know what it is or what to do about it. But there, there is. There is a sense that something's off. And I don't. I mean, his version of what's off or what we should do about it, I'm not fully on board with. Um, but uh, for him, to, he's he makes an argument. And he makes some points. Some of the bullet points in that video could probably use a fact check or two. Um, but he's making an argument. Trudeau saying, 
this is Canada is not an argument. That's a, that's a slogan. Um, it works pretty good if you want to sell beer, but I mean, you're in charge of the country. You can probably do better. Um, and just, I don't accept people and politicians who talk down to Canada. Canada is, it's, it's kind of a, a concept. It's not a tangible thing. It is, it is a piece of land with some people on it. So to talk down to this concept, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just silly. And I, I shouldn't expect, uh, anything better. Um, C-Mac here. You can't build back better unless it's broken. Fair point. Um, Trudeau has, he hasn't used the words Canada is broken, but he's, uh, regularly, I mean, apologizing and you can, it's up to you if you, if you agree with, um, with any of the, the statements, but Trudeau has definitely, um, you know, where our history is, is broken and we should be ashamed um, because of the residential school stuff, um, or complaining that, you know, not enough is being done for social justice and whatever, uh, climate change. We, oh, we're on the verge and the whole world is falling apart. There's, there's a fair amount of doom and gloom and, uh, yeah, the, the build back better thing. Which is again, that's another, that's a World Economic Forum slogan that Trudeau has also used. Um, the assumption is there's something wrong, so we need to fix it. Uh, so anyway, that was a deeply unimpressive uh, response from Trudeau. Um, but uh, he's he's not the only politician in the game. Um, there's uh, there's this uh, there's this guy Jagmeet Singh. He's also in the mix. Uh, he's uh, he's the he's the leader of the NDP. Um, he seems like a, a very shameless, stupid man. If I'm being honest, that's my opinion. Um, because he, this guy. I mean, I I follow Trudeau and Jagmeet and some other nonsense on my Twitter just because I, I like to see what everybody is saying. It's really funny to me people that accuse me or anybody that's conservative leaning or just not super progressive as being in some kind of a bubble. I am awash. In CBC articles and liberal thinking people, everywhere I go, every minute of my life, there's a lot of extra stuff that I look into, that I seek out, that I'm interested in, but I am certainly not avoiding liberal news. Um, so, I, you know, I follow the political leaders, I follow Trudeau and see his nonsense. Uh, Jagmeet's tweets are the worst. But every every single day, he's posting Trudeau's broken Canada. Not in those words, but take a, take a scroll through Jagmeet's timeline. He's basically also saying that he's broken and Trudeau is the one who's at fault. And... Um, Funny thing is, Jagmeet Singh is the one person on Earth who could remove Trudeau from power. He could not vote along with him. 
I think they decided to kind of team up and basically go along with them for every single vote of confidence until 2025. Uh, as I recall, the deal was, hey, we NDP, we got your back, liberals. If you give us universal dental care, I think that was the goal and the promise at the beginning. Now that's been watered down to... Uh, healthcare, we send you a check if your kid's under eight, under 12, and you make less than this much. It's, it's, I mean, it's quite a ways off from universal dental care, which I, for one, am glad that, uh, dental care, where it's not being ruined as fast as the rest of our medical establishment. So, praise be for that. Um, but anyway. Jagmeat, you suck. Um, but uh, this this is just a short clip. Um, this I I thought was really funny, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna present it. Remember, for Burnaby South, when I'm prime minister, I will keep my promises. <laughs> now, another promise. Let me try again. So anyway, I I just found that hilarious that Jagmeet Singh starts uh, starts his sentence by saying, "When I'm prime minister," and it's hard to tell from the video. It feels like the whole room erupts into laughter at the very idea that Jagmeet thinks that someday he'll be prime minister. So anyway, I thought that was funny. Let's um, let's play one more. Uh, Let's play one more song before we uh, before we close out the show. Uh, let's uh, let's see what's on the old Spotify. Sunshine Men by Freestyle Fellowship. The following I'll be is back. A brief introduction to the concept of the Sunshine Men. Keep in mind that all instances that follow are fact. Recently I seen him seize coming through While I was at home on my couch watching the boob tube Fighting like a roughneck just to stay loose As I sat and wrote rhymes on a page like Mother Goose This was the problem, results of a test The heart of all whackness lies rooted out west Right smack dab inside my civilization The hunt for an MC brings investigation What I mean is basically there's no one Who comes off correct and stands in the sun of cow But here comes the change up and trend The world debut intro to the sunshine men I don't understand 
Let me explain this Clearly and plain about the journey of the brothers Who missed this train towards sellout When high profile rhymes go straight out the window We're not like regular bimbos with sunshine men Just the definition of those in this hot spot Who despise the system One composed of an inferior peer group Polluting the airwaves and I got the scoop on radio It's all about your cash flow Pay for airplay or you fly solo Only one brother can come up off this Those without talents but big drug profits Rap becomes a tool often used in vain just like a gun When they want out of the insane lifestyle But they want the insane pay So they pick up a mic yet they have nothing to say It's a damn shame cause they form the pack Of those who represent my spot yet they lack The skill to get raw with words and cold shoot them Stuck in the past putting raps to a drum computer Not even worried that the song's not able Cause they got juice and hookups at big labels No uniqueness, no goals or dreams No creativity's exactly how it seems as a sunshine man With plans and a pen in my hand Recording thoughts and beats for the next man Even those who live without a clue I bring the truth to you, it's not new To help my cause, the rise or inflation The incline of western civilization Words to enlighten and to direct Brought to you live and correct From Sunshine Man I understand Everyone down with sunshine, none of them from here, but the attitude's clear. They stroll like kings, the big fish in a small stream. Too weak to battle, so they fled the big apple. And they moved out west like old settlers. Booty MCs, no rhymes with a swelled head. Aiming to discover an inactive rhyme zone just like Columbus. They called here home. So they moved in and started a new trend. West Coast stars made from East Coast pollution. Native MCs never got the game plan. So they grabbed the trumpets and hopped in the band. But no, not me, neither I nor D seeks the shade from sunshine underneath trees of confusion. Because this illusion is grim, we choose to stay clear minded as sunshine men. St. John Forward Radio. That was uh, Freestyle Fellowship with Sunshine Men. Uh, yeah, I got the artist and the uh, tracks uh, wrong on my playlist. Um, so anyway, this has been St. John Forward Radio. My name is John Forward. Um, please, please come out to see uh, No Jokes Bard this Thursday, the 22nd. Get there by 7.30. Um, show's going to start at 8 o'clock. No jokes, Bard. Christmas spectacular. 
no guarantee of any Christmas uh, materials of any sorts. Um, but uh, come check that out. Um, last show of the year. I don't know what I got coming up in January. I was thinking about maybe in a couple of months going out west and doing some shows there. Uh, but anyway, um, check this out. Uh, take, uh, take a peek at, uh, four story walk up. If, uh, if that's something that, uh, that you might be interested in. Um, but, um, that's all we got for this week. Good night. Thank you.